0: Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go.
1: Hello and welcome to the third instalment of our Through the Noise mini-series to discuss our outlook for 2023. As we discussed with Manpreet and Raymond on Friday, we've increased our allocation to bonds both across government and corporate bond space given looming recession risks, as well as attractive yields on offer. To discuss the key drivers of the recent upgrade and our preferences within the bond market, today I have with me Abilash Narayan as well as Zhongliang Han with me. Before we start, if you want to read more about our investment views and outlook, please follow the Standard Chartered Wealth Insights page either on LinkedIn or Facebook. Also, we will be having our 2023 Global Market Outlook webinar on the 11th of January. If you'd like to join, please see the description of this podcast for details on how to do so. So with that out of the way, Abiles, let's get started. I guess we've increased our allocation to bonds as we head into 2023. Can you shed a bit more light uh, into why that's the case?
0: Thank you, Steve. Yes, it's been a while since we were overweight or constructive on bonds. Now, the decision to increase the allocation on bonds rests on three key pillars. First off, uh, from a macroeconomic perspective, we see elevated risks of a recession in 2023. And our investment committee assigns a 75% probability of recession in both U.S. and Europe, driven by tighter financial conditions and also higher interest rates. Hence, from our perspective, it makes sense to add exposure to high quality and defensive assets such as bonds. The second driver is the yield on offer. Now, we all know 2022 was a challenging year for bond investors as yields rose sharply uh, because of the central bank hikes. But given the adjustments we've seen in the yields, we think that the current yield offered by both government and corporate bonds is extremely attractive, uh, especially for investors with a 12 to 18 month horizon. And lastly, we expect the 10-year U.S. government bond yield to decline as we go through 2023, which also opens up the possibility of capital gains for investors.
1: Thanks, Abhilash. So maybe let's move on to you, Zhang. I guess what caught my interest is that you expect U.S. Bond, government bond yields to decline in 2023. Um, so can you give us a sense of how you see government bond yields evolving in 2023?
2: Thanks, Steve. We expect U.S. government bond yields to see-saw next year. What that means is we see a high likelihood for 10-year U.S. government bond yields to rise towards 3.75% to 4% over the next three months, as the Fed will retain a fairly hawkish stance and continue raising policy rates through the first half of 2023. Following which, we expect the Fed to end its rate-hiking cycle in the first half of 2023 after inflation starts to age lower. Our base case is for recession to hit by mid-2023, and that will increase the odds of two to three rate cuts in the later part of 2023. Hence, we believe the 10-year US government bond yield will age lower to three and one quarter to 3.5% by end 2023 after the initial rise.
1: Okay, so let's let's dig into a little bit more detail here. So Abalash, can you sort of give us a sense of which bond market you're most constructive on in 2023? Absolutely.
0: Now, Steve, uh, our preference for bond markets within the bond markets hasn't actually changed. So heading into 2023, we continue to see Asian dollar bonds as the most preferred region uh, within the global bond markets. Now, for people who have been reading our publications and listeners of this podcast, you may recall that we have historically liked Asian dollar bonds because of their high credit quality with about 80 percent of the bonds being rated investment grade, as well as their low volatility. From a valuation perspective, Asian dollar bonds stand out as extremely attractive to us, both from a yield perspective, uh, which has risen to around six and a half percent, but also from a credit spread or yield premium uh, angle. So we expect Asian dollar bond yield premiums to decline uh, as we expect more policy easing in China in 2023. Now, this stands in contrast to U.S., where both fiscal and monetary policies are much less accommodative. Now, obviously, we do expect defaults to happen uh, as we go through the year, uh, and that could lead to bouts of volatility, but we think that the current bond prices have largely priced in such risks. Lastly, we think that the yield on offer uh, from Asian uh, dollar bonds is attractive because they are offering a high yield as compared to local currency bonds, which has happened for the first time in nearly a decade, and that could attract more local currency-based investors into Asian dollar bonds as well.
1: Okay, so if we're staying with, let's say, with emerging markets, um, so we've recently upgraded the um, local currency bonds. Uh, Can you give us a bit more light on why that's the case?
0: Sure. Now, if you start with the economic backdrop, uh, naturally, the slowdown in developed market growth is going to be a headwind for emerging markets as well. However, we see the improvement in China's growth trajectory to support the commodities demand, which should help buffer the impact for a number of emerging market countries. Now, our upgrade of emerging market local currency bonds to a neutral uh, is down to two key factors. Firstly, if we analyze the uh, historical bond performance of uh, emerging market local currency space, uh, we see that it has a higher correlation with emerging market currency return. Now, our expectation of a modestly weaker dollar should mean uh, some appreciation for EM currencies, which should translate into higher dollar denominated uh, return for investors. Secondly, most emerging market central banks have front-run the developed market central banks in tightening their monetary policies as they had to defend their currencies throughout 2022. Now, we believe it puts uh, EM central banks in a more flexible position to adjust their monetary policies as we go through the next year.
1: Okay, Zhang, so let's shift to developed market bonds. Um, So, you know, one of our preferences previously was investment-grade bonds in in, in DM. Uh, Do we still like them, given their strong credit quality? Actually, we've downgraded our overweight view on DM IG corporate bonds and brought them back to a neutral
2: stance. As we've discussed earlier on, recession risks have risen amidst tight financial condition, and we see downside risks to corporate earnings in 2023. With the Fed likely to carry on its rate hike trajectory, interest expense burden would continue to mount for corporates. While IG corporate fundamentals remain fairly strong, we do note that the up, upgrade-downgrade ratio has fallen sharply from the peak we saw in mid-2020. When we combine that with the recent decline in yield premiums, we do not believe the risk-reward is as attractive as it was, few months back. Having said that, we are not all negative on DMIG corporate bonds. As you have correct, correctly pointed out in your question, Steve, we still think DMIG corporate bonds offer strong credit quality and should remain a core piece within the investor portfolio.
1: Okay, uh, I guess the final thing to cover is, is developed market high yield bonds. So uh, obviously we've downgraded them to an, to an underweight. Uh, so can you give us a sense of why the change in view there?
2: Regular listeners can probably recall that we closed our preferred view on DMHU bonds back in September, and we've now decided to further reduce our allocation to DMHU bonds to an underweight. The reasons is twofold. Firstly, the growing prospect of economic slowdown is likely to put default risk back in the spotlight. Rating downgrade risks are likely to emerge when earnings growth slow and interest expense burdens surge more rapidly than expected. Secondly, the MHI bonds are trading at around four to five hundred pips on top of government bond yields. If we compare it to historical US recession average of eight to nine hundred pips, we don't think they sufficiently reflect the risk we are seeing in a mild recession ahead. When we put these together, we believe the risk reward has turned unattractive, despite the high headline yield on offer.
1: Okay, well, thanks, Abalash and Zhong, for sharing your insights today. I found that very useful. Uh, and thank you, listener, for joining us as well. Uh, I hope you found uh, it useful to continue on your investment journey. Um, should you need more information, please do not hesitate, as I mentioned earlier, to take a look at our Wealth Insights page on LinkedIn or on Facebook. In the meantime, please take care and stay safe.
0: Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank.